Thanks for tuning in to The Real Deal Show, brought to you by ebodyboarding.com and Triboards. On today's episode, and the guy that's shooting the cannon with the balls is just nails me right in the face, nails me in the hand, and I eventually fall, and I fell twice. Hey everybody, Jay Real back at you again with another episode of The Real Deal Show. And this week, a solo show, as you can see, by myself. I thought I would discuss something that people ask me a lot about, or maybe you didn't even know this about me, and that is my history of doing game shows. So if you didn't know, (laughs) game shows are something that I love to do. Uh, I've done, let's see, I think 11 game shows uh, in the last, uh, 35 years, not a ton, uh, in this, in the scheme of things when you space it out over 35 years, but I've had some really cool and unique experiences doing game shows. Maybe some of you have seen some of the shows that I've been on. Some of you haven't. So I thought I'd go over how I got into the whole game show thing. I know this isn't specifically bodyboarding related, but it might be of interest to some of you. If it's not, you can move on to the next uh, episode of The Real Deal Show and not listen to this one. But uh, I thought it might be something you might be interested in hearing about. So this all started back in 1987. I had moved to Southern California, and I had a, a good friend. His name was Jim Conway. Uh, and he moved out here from Virginia Beach. He, he and I were friends uh, back on the East Coast. We used to compete against each other um, occasionally during the 80s, in the early to mid-80s. Uh, him and his crew from Virginia Beach, me and my crew from Ocean City, Maryland, we would kind of go head-to-head. We had a kind of a friendly rivalry, you might say. Um, and so when Jim moved out here, he had been here – several months, and I had been here several months. We're now getting into 1988. So in the spring, I believe it was, of 1988, one day Jim calls me out of the blue, and he says, Jay, listen, man, listen, I've, uh, I've, I've pulled some strings, and I've got you an interview with this game show. It's called The Dating Game. Now, The Dating Game at that time – that had been around since the 70s. It, it was a very popular game show. It had several different hosts, um, but it was still going. And basically, the premise of the show is you had uh, three bachelors and one bachelorette, and there was a wall that separated them. So the bachelorette would come out, and she'd sit in a chair on one side of the wall, and the three bachelors would sit on the other side of the wall, so the bachelorette couldn't see them. And she would proceed to ask them questions about themselves, usually with a humorous tint to it. And she would choose a guy based on strictly on his answers to the questions. Now, sometimes they did it the other way around. They had a bachelor and three bachelorettes. um, And a lot of famous people that went on to become famous were on that show before they were somebody. One example was Pee Wee Herman. You, you've heard of Pee Wee Herman, a guy named Paul Rubens who played that character. He was on the dating game as Pee Wee Herman. Uh, Tom Selleck was on the show. There were the, there were others. You know, a lot of aspiring actors and actresses 
would do whatever they could to get exposure on TV. So they would sign up for game shows because basically if you had the right personality, you could get on a game show, you know? So that would be where a lot of people started. Anyway, Jim tells me that he's pulled some strings and I have to go for this interview. Now, at that point in my life, I was just starting my pro bodyboarding career. I had no desire to go on the dating game. I wasn't looking for dates and I I was too busy. And Jim convinced me, excuse me, that he had his reputation on the line if I didn't show up for this interview. So I was like, man, you idiot. Okay. I'm (laughs) going to go to this interview. Maybe it'll be fun. So I show up, up in Hollywood. I do the interview They call me back like the next week. I do another interview. I end up getting on the show. So I'm super nervous. I don't even own any like formal attire. And they wanted us to wear like a suit and a tie. And my roommate at the time, Keith Sasaki, said, you got to wear this pink shirt and, and a tie with it. And I was like, pink shirt? That was at the height of the powers of the the whole Miami Vice thing. And Keith was really into Miami Vice. So Keith gave me his, you know, his formal wear recommendation to wear the pink shirt. And I thought, okay, sure. Why not? The other dudes are probably just going to wear something pretty conservative. So I go up there to Hollywood for the dating game, the the day of the taping. It was actually in the evening. And I have my pink shirt, my jacket, and my suit on and stuff. And I, I just felt so uncomfortable in a suit. And I really didn't care about winning a date, I just was like, okay, this, this could be fun. I'm going to be on TV. (laughs) So I go in there and if you know anything about the dating game, the, the girl asks the guys, these kind of funny questions and your job as a contestant is to give a somewhat funny answer, you know, something witty or funny. And you're supposed to be able, at least in appearances, when you watch the show, it looks like these guys give the answers like literally off the top of their head. But the reality of it is they gave us the questions backstage about a half an hour before the show taping began. So we had time to think of answers. Now, my whole thing was I had seen the show before. Growing up, I used to watch it, and I thought, okay, the guys that give funny answers are the guys that win. So I th- I've just thought of funny answers for all the questions that, that she was going to ask me. So we went out there and there's these two other guys, Leo and I think Marco and me. So we get out there and I, I think I pretty much killed it with, <laughs> with my funny answers. And at the end of the show, she picked me as the winner. So I go around the wall and I meet her. Her name's Elizabeth. And, you know, they're going, Elizabeth and Jay, you've won a trip to Acapulco, Mexico, blah, blah, blah. So after the taping of the show finished, we go backstage and they sit us down and they're like, okay, this is how the trip works. We send a female chaperone and uh, Elizabeth will stay with the chaperone and Jay, you'll stay in a separate room and you guys will go for a few days. And what date do you want to go? So we tentatively picked a date, and then we were supposed to call them back and confirm. Long story short, I was busy with Maury bodyboards and doing promos, and I ended up having to cancel the trip, which really I don't think anyone cared. Elizabeth was an aspiring actress on the show to get exposure, and she didn't. I don't. 
I don't know. I never really talked to her again after the show. So I bailed on the trip. I never won the trip. And by the way, they do charge you taxes on your winnings at game shows. So if I had gone on the trip, they would have charged, uh, the government would have charged me tax on whatever the value of that trip was. That's kind of how it works um, on, uh, with the IRS. Okay. So that gave me a taste for the game show thing. I really loved the whole buzz of being on TV, the excitement. It was really fun. So, um, a number of years went by during my bodyboarding career that I just didn't have time to do that. I was traveling for several years, but when we finally retired, Vicky and I, um, I decided, okay, it's time for me to start going for game shows again. So I started um, looking around for game show auditions. Now, I will say they have it. In, they used to have it in the like the classified section of the LA Times, the advertisements for game shows. Nowadays, by the way, you can get on a game show uh, just by going to the website for the network that the show's on and finding that show. And they'll usually have a casting link and you can apply to be on a show. And I'll get into how to get on a game show towards the end of this thing. But um, it's pretty easy. Anyone can do it, to be honest with you. Um, So the next show that came up, uh, Vicky and I saw this advertisement for a show called Don't Forget Your Toothbrush. It was on Comedy Central, and um, it was hosted by Mark Curry, who was a, like a stand-up comedian guy. And the gist of that show was you had to get out on they, – they, they had a big studio audience, and they would randomly pick people out of the studio audience to go down on stage and do wacky stunts or – you know, do something crazy or weird or funny for money, essentially. So the way Vicky and I got on there is we went in and we interviewed and they asked a number of questions, like personal questions that they may use later on the show if we got on the show, but we didn't know. So um, so what happened is the day of the taping, they said, okay, Jay and Vicky, we want you to come up. You may or may not get called out of the audience. It's sort of like that. Let's make a deal show. You know, you, you, a lot of people and price is right. You, you technically you get on the show, but you didn't know if you were actually going to get on the air, right? They may or may not call you up. So we go up there and the, actually the evening we were going up, Vicky says, I, f- I don't feel well, Jay. I'm not, I'm not going to go. I can't go. I feel like I might throw up. So I was like, oh, crud, bummer. Okay, well, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to call the producers and say, hey, Vicky's not feeling well, and she's not coming. I'm so sorry. And so I drove up by myself to Hollywood, and I get in the studio audience, and I had a friend with me, a friend of mine named Justin Hill, I remember, and I had been one other guy with me can't remember. Anyway, so we're uh, sitting in the audience and Mark Curry's coming through the audience sort of midway through the taping. They had already had one contestant on. He's looking around and I, they had sat me on an aisle seat. And I, so I already suspected they're going to, they're going to pull me out of the audience because they put me in an aisle seat. And so I, Mark Curry comes up to me and he says, 
what's your name? And he puts the mic in my face. Oh, my name's Jay. And he goes, Jay, how are you doing tonight? And I, I said, I'm doing great. How are you, Mark? And he goes, I'm great. Hey, it's, are you married? I go, yeah, yeah, I'm married. And he says, where's your wife? Is she here tonight? And I said, no, no, she wasn't feeling too well tonight. She couldn't make it. And he goes, are you sure about that? And immediately I knew Vicky was in on this whole thing. The producers had told her to tell me that she didn't feel well and that she would drive up separately after I left. So literally like 15 minutes after I left for Hollywood, she left as well and drove up secretly and went backstage. And so they said, Jay, we're going to find out how much you know about your wife. You didn't know she was going to be here tonight. Let's find out what else you don't know. So I'm cracking up. I'm playing along with the whole gig. And they suddenly pan to the stage, and there's Vicky suspended from the rafters of the studio with with a harness and these ropes. <laughs> and they bring this giant tank of sludge and put it underneath Vicky. Now, Vicky had told them in an interview that she had a pet peeve about uh, her feet being dirty, especially before she goes to bed at night. She has to, you know, she wants to be clean, especially her feet. She hates her feet being dusty or dirty. So they thought, we're going to suspend Vicky over a tank of basically dirty water, <laughs> and we're going to ask Jay personal questions about Vicky. Every time he gets one wrong, we're going to lower her closer and closer to the sludge. Every time he gets one right, we're going to give him money. So they start asking me a barrage of questions, and I'm getting them mostly right. So they're giving me money, you know, two, three, four hundred bucks at a pop every question. And then they get to one or two that I got wrong, and they lower her and lower her. And we're sort of to the end of my segment, and she's you know, a couple of feet above this tank of sludge water. And they turn to me and they said, Jay, okay, you're up to $1,000 right now. We'll give you $600 if you'll let us drop Vicky in the tank. So, you know, naturally, Vicky and I, we're on the same wavelength. We're thinking, Vicky's thinking, Jay, yes, tell them to drop, drop me in the tank because I want the 600 bucks and you want the 600 bucks. And I'm knowing that I have to sort of play to the whole audience and the camera. And so I pretend that it's a really tough decision for me. I'm kind of like, oh man, I don't know. And I'm going to sleep in the doghouse tonight. Drop her in the tank or something to that effect. And so they drop her in this tank of sludge and she's soaked in this brown sludgy water and we get the we end up winning 1600 bucks on that show it was a super fun time and we were totally stoked at the end of the show and uh we finished the taping we got out of there signed all the paperwork i remember my tr my i had a suzuki sidekick at the time and the thing wouldn't start so we we had to like i forget how we got oh my friend justin drove us back to san clemente we had to have my truck towed at like 11 o'clock at night to this garage in Hollywood because um, it wouldn't run. So <laughs> that was the end of that show. So in the ensuing years, Survivor premiered. I think Survivor premiered in 2000 or 2001. I started sending in 
tapes for every survivor except the first one because i had never seen it before and i was really intrigued once i saw it i wanted to be on the show so i sent in i think 16 seasons of survivor i sent in tapes you had to send in an audition tape uh to the producers and i got callbacks twice off my tapes but i never moved past that point um so that was a little disappointing. I always wanted to be on that show. Then I sort of got sick of watching the show and never tried again. Vicky and I also auditioned for The Amazing Race. Um, but then when we got to the interview process, they told us that we both had to be U.S. citizens. At that point, Vicky was not a U.S. citizen. Um, so that was the end of that. Because, you know, Amazing Race, you have to travel and have a U.S. passport and all that stuff because it was you know, the U.S. based version of Amazing Race. So we scrapped that one. Um, I got on another show that was very popular in the early 2000s. This is called The Weakest Link. It was hosted by a lady named Ann Robinson. She was a British woman and she sort of played this almost like a dominatrix role where she was really pedantic, straight to the point, and make you feel like an idiot if you got a question wrong. <laughs> Um, and it was uh, basically you had a panel of contestants in a circle and they would rapid fire questions and every contestant that got one right, they would add to the bank for the whole group, right? So there was some pressure, not only for yourself, but you don't want to screw up for the group and lose money for the group. Um, and there was, you know, I, I think, what, eight contestants in a circle. So I got on that show. It was a, it was a trivia show. I was always had a thing for trivia. So, um, I remember I got put up in a hotel in universal city area, um, the night before, cause we had an early call time for the taping of that show. And we taped the show. They would tape like five shows in a day, in a day. So sometimes you'd have to be there at seven in the morning. You might not tape till two, three in the afternoon. You know, you might be on the like fifth show of the day and it, it's an hour, it was an hour show, but it took like an hour and a half to tape it. They were pretty quick, but you know, stuff would happen and they'd have to stop down and restart. So in any case, I got on that show, I got through a couple rounds and what they do is after one round of questions, they would stop the game and the rest of the, all the contestants would get to vote off who they thought was the quote weakest link in the group. So I got one question wrong, and I think on the third round, and some other people did as well, but I got voted off. And then as you are leaving, Ann Robinson says, Jay, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. Anyway, I didn't win anything on that show, and they take you away. As soon as you lose, you're out of there. They take you, they shuttle you out of the studio because they don't want you to see who wins because that is a secret until the air date. Turns out that show that I lost on uh, was the biggest money-winning show in the history of that show up to that point. A guy named Howard that won, won like 185 grand. So a <laughs> bummer that uh, I didn't get to stick around. Um, okay, after that show, and I keep looking down because I have a list of these, uh, the next show is almost called Whammy. So if you ever remember, there used to be a show called Pressure Luck, and it was essentially like you um, spun this wheel and it went around and there were numbers and what they call whammies, which would make you lose all your money. Honest to God, at this moment in time, I cannot remember how that game worked. <laughs> but it was 
purely like a luck game. I don't remember there being, yeah, there were actually some trivia questions now that I think about it. So, um, that was another show I lost. I made it, you know, to the sort of end of the show, but I, I lost pretty early. I ended up getting a couple of friends of mine on the show and they, uh, one of them won some prizes. Um, not great prizes, but prizes nonetheless. So that was fun to bring some friends in on the whole thing. Uh, after that, oh, the next one, I had a dog named Kaya. She was a Jack Russell Terrier, and she had this, like, rock fetish. She loved to bite rocks, and the bigger the better. So I would take her places where there were rocks, and she would sit there and, like, try to pick up these huge rocks in her mouth and carry them around. I don't know why she did. It was like some freaky, freaky thing that she did. She loved to do. But in any case, um, I thought it was pretty funny. And Pet Star, the way that show worked is basically if you had a, what David Letterman used to call stupid pet tricks, if you had a pet that did some funny or weird trick, um, they would put you on the show and they had three judges who would judge what trick was the funniest or coolest or whatever. They'd give you a score. And at the end, one of the pets would win. So Mario Lopez was the host of that show. So um, the audition process they ha- had, I had read s- maybe on the internet, there was going to be maybe in a newspaper, there was going to be an audition at a park in Long Beach for Pet Star. And I thought, geez, my dog would be hilarious on that. I had this super dog costume that we had gotten her for Halloween. And I thought, I'm going to put her in the super dog costume and bring a giant rock and have her pick this rock up. And I swear the rock weighed like almost as much as she did. It was huge. So it would like her back legs would be almost off the ground when she picked it up in her mouth. So we went to the audition. I had the super dog suit on her. I got the rock. We did the audition. We got on the show. So we went up to Hollywood. They put us up at a hotel in Burbank, and we stayed overnight. The next day we went to, this was, uh, I can't remember which studios we went to, but in any case, we had our own dressing room, and it said Kea on the <laughs> on the door with a star. So we go into the dressing room and we're waiting for our time to record. And we get out on stage finally to do the taping. And they had told me to dress the part of the surfer dude because they knew that's what I was into. Right. So I wore like an Aloha shirt and shorts and sandals. And I get out there and like the star, the three sort of B, let's say B list or C list stars that were on the panel of judges. One of them made fun of me <laughs> for wearing sandals. Oh, you got your your nice sandals on today, huh? <laughs> so I laughed along with it as as you do. You don't want to rock the boat, right? So we get out there and it's Kaya's time to pick up the rock. So. Mario Lopez says, okay, Jay and Kaya, do your thing. And so I put the rock on one side of the stage and she's on the other. And I said, Kaya, go get it. And she goes over and she got, she gets the rock. She can't pick it up. She can't get her teeth on in the right part of the rock to get a good grip on it and pick it up. And it was just frustrating, man. It took her like I don't know, seven or eight minutes to finally get a grip on this rock. And meanwhile, the audience is getting bored. The judges are rolling their eyes. And I'm just like, we're done. (laughs) This isn't going to happen. So finally, she picks up the rock and she carries it a little bit. 
And in the editing, they cut all of that waiting time out. So it looked like she did it right away. And she carried the rock. And we ended up getting beaten by Tillman, the skateboarding dog. Now, Tillman was like a bulldog that skateboarded. He ended up being on like commercials and movies and all that stuff. He ended up winning. I can't remember what the other pets were on that show. But anyway, so that was Pet Star. Uh, after Pet Star, went on to a show called On the Cover. So On the Cover was um, stars of TV and movies, and they would, um, they would. I forget how that show. <laughs> I can't remember how that show worked either. But they would. I believe what they did is they put pictures of the stars up on a board and covered them. And they would ask you a question. If you got it right, they would uncover part of the picture. And they'd give you questions about that star, like, you know, or, or they'd give you facts about the star. Anyway, I did not win that, that one either. I ended up getting second place on that show. Moved on to a show called Camouflage. Light, for the life of me, I, I believe Camouflage was, there were pictures of things. And again, they would cover them with, pictures and you had to answer questions to get get the pictures uncovered and try to guess the puzzle before the next person i think i honestly i don't remember how that show worked lost on that one moved on now to the big time so now i was on to a network uh, show by the way i was auditioning for shows all along and some of them i got pretty far in the process there was a show called one versus a hundred that was hosted by Bob Saget. Rest in peace, Bob Saget. Um, and that was an exhaustive process to get on that show. I went up to Hollywood three or four times, spent at least half a day each time in traffic and sitting around and filling out papers and auditioning. I got on the show, and if this is... I think it was one versus a hundred, but what I remember is we did get to meet Bob Saget during part of the interview process. And on the day of the show, we had to show up at 7 AM and we, they ushered us into this small room. It was the size of a walk-in closet and you were not allowed to talk to anyone. They didn't want you to commiserate with fellow competitors. It wasn't one versus a hundred. It was some other show. I can't remember the name of the show. I apologize. In any case, you weren't allowed to talk with anyone. You couldn't have a cell phone with you. Um, I think this is before smartphones, before the iPhone, possibly. Anyway, you could read. They had some like magazines, like People magazine. You could read that. But you couldn't talk. And we were. I was in that room from 7 a.m. till 5 p.m., with a quick break for lunch where they would usher us out to the craft services area where we got to eat, but we could not talk to anyone. So we had chaperones with us the whole time. And we had to wear like suits. This was a show that was on ABC. It was on network TV, ABC. Maybe it was, I don't remember the name of the show. Anyway, I remember one thing they had us, they made us cover our nipples with pasties because ABC was like a family network owned by Disney. They didn't want nipples to be visible on TV, even under a shirt. <laughs> so they gave the guys pasties to wear on our nipples. Hilarious. And so 5 o'clock came, and it's the last show taping of the day, and it, they call me up, right? So 
they mic me up, they get my makeup and everything. And I'm like on in the wings of the stage to go out and compete on the show. And the competitor before me just kept winning and winning and winning. And they ran out of time to keep taping because all the people that work on the sets of these shows are union employees and they're only allowed to work a certain amount of hours and they had reached their limit. So they stopped taping and that was the last episode of the season. And they said, Oh, sorry, Jay. You know, we, the guy before you kept winning and you didn't make it on, but we'll have you back when next season starts taping. And I, I just wanted to cry because <laughs> I'd spent 7am to 5pm 10 hours sitting in a room, quiet, waiting for my time. Finally, I'm about to go in the game and I, and I get shut down. And as it turns out, that show did not get renewed. So that was a complete waste. So now I was kind of, I like the whole network uh, TV thing. And by the way, now I had been on enough game shows at that point that there's casting companies that um, these networks hire to get contestants for game shows. And the casting companies will interview you, they'll videotape you, and then they'll present their contestants to the network. And if the network picks their contestants, they get paid. So I was now on email lists for a few different casting companies. That's kind of how it works when you go for game show auditions. If you get on a couple of shows you're on the radar of the casting agencies that put people on game shows. So um, you start getting, you know, emails, but there are rules like you can't, they don't want you to be on more than one game show a year. It used to be no more than um, two game shows every five years or something. But now, because there's so many different networks and shows, they've they've gotten rid of that. So it's just like one show a year is like the max. Um, so if you're really astute and you watch a lot of game shows, you'll s- see some of the same contestants on several different shows. All right. So in recent years, uh, back in 2016, um, actually it was 2015, Fox Network had a show called Bullseye. It was hosted by Kellen Lutz, who I think played it like Hercules and some movie or something. And the gist of Bullseye was it was a stunt show. So you, um, they had three guys and three girls and you would do stunts and, you know, you, uh, would try to make it to the final where they'd have one guy and one girl against each other. And then they'd, you'd ultimately have a winner and it was like serious prize money. I want to say it was like 50 grand for the winner. So my show, I ended up getting on that show and, uh, the, the day of the taping, I had to drive up to Burbank and then hop in a van. I had to be in Burbank at like six 30 in the morning then hop in a van and drive out to San Pedro. So just all over Southern California. So we get to San Pedro and they have us in this trailer, um, like a double wide that has food and drinks. And we're just chilling out in there while they're setting up all the stunts and getting the cameras and stuff. So my stunt, the opening stunt of that show was a crane and um, they would suspend us about a hundred feet in the air by the crane 
I did not drop the sandbag at the right time and ended up um, losing in the first round. <laughs> this is an ongoing theme with me. So I lost there. The guy that went on the win was a professional gamer. That was his job for a living. Pretty cool. Um, next up, uh, 2019. We're into 2019 now. And again, you know, I'd been auditioning for various shows and gotten to various levels of success, but never got on any shows in that um, that four-year time period from 2015 to 2019. But then a new show came out. It was called TKO. It was on CBS, hosted by Kevin Hart. And it was another, it wasn't a stunt show, but it was an obstacle course show um, where they had set up this indoor obstacle course and you had to go around and you competed against other people. I think it was, again, three men, three women total. And the uh, when you're doing the course, the other competitors have opportunities to knock you off the course with various weapons and obstacles. And you get to do the same when it's their turn. So I go uh, to the auditions, I get through, I get on the show. And, you know, a lot of what got me on the show was, I, I will say this, here's your tip for getting on game shows. Be high energy. That is the most important thing. Have lots of energy, really fun, smile a lot. You want to be high energy and a little bit loud, like I'm talking kind of loud right now. But another important aspect is if they ask you a question, have an answer. Do not go, um, uh, well, uh, they want immediate answer, high energy, and a fun background. Obviously, being a pro bodyboarder was a pretty cool job, and that always had helped me in the in the game show audition thing. So um, anyway, back to TKO. Uh, so I get there for the taping. Uh, they get you in the makeup chair. They have hair and makeup, right? So they do the makeup, and I look at the hair girl, and I'm like, hey, sorry. <laughs> you know, like, sorry, you don't have a job to do with me. I have no hair. And they had us bring wardrobe, like you're supposed to buy certain uh, clothes and certain colors. That's the case with every game show. They tell you what to bring, what colors to bring, what patterns not to wear. So you're, you're given sort of a wardrobe sheet where you're, spo- where you, you're uh, told what to bring. So I get there, and I was the surfer dude again, right? So they had me wearing trunks. And I had to wear sneakers because you're on an obstacle course. They tell you to, to, they told us to bring sneakers with really good grip on the bottom. Um, and they put me in this like tight, like short sleeve rash guard thing. So, um, we got to the studio and before the taping, they brought us in where the obstacle course is and they showed us the obstacle course and they had one of the stage hands do the whole course minus the people trying to knock him off the course. I just had him do all the, all the obstacles. So the first obstacle was this sort of glass wall with a really thin platform, like this width of like a, maybe five inches wide up against the bottom of the glass. And you had to like push your body against the glass and inch your way along this wall this of plexiglass, but the wall had bends in it. And there was a couple gaps where you had to like leap over 
the gap, right? And below it's like a cushion. So if you fall, you're not going to get hurt. But here's the kicker. They have above about 15 feet away, they have this cannon that shoots essentially these rubber balls the size of a volleyball at the competitor at like 50 miles an hour or so. And you're trying to, you know, you're barely able to like stay on this little thin five inch wide piece of platform that goes along the bottom of these plexiglass walls. And then somebody's shooting balls at you at 15, at 50 miles an hour. Um, one of your fellow competitors. And then the next obstacle was this, it was like a sort of a, like a rope bridge and they had these plastic platforms and it would just teeter back and forth. No, no handles. You literally had to like either walk or crawl across it. And it wanted to teeter over pretty easily. That one, they had these giant sort of throwing Frisbee disc kind of things. They're made of foam, but they're heavy because they were really big, like bigger than a trash can lid. Um, and the person would whip those at you. Then you go around the corner and the next obstacle was these platforms. You had to leap from platform to platform, but they would tip back and forth. So when you landed on them, you had to try to keep it from tipping and falling off. And on that one, uh, they had, I believe it was another cannon where, but they shot these giant foam blocks at you, try to knock you off. And the final obstacle was this, it was a water pit with this rolling log that was spinning. It was covered in foam, but it was spinning and you had to like walk across it and get to the other side. And then you hit a buzzer boom, 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 time up. Now, if you got knocked off one of the obstacles, they would take, you know, add time to your entire time going around the course. Um, like I forget how many seconds, 30 seconds every time you got knocked off and you'd have to start that obstacle over again. Right. So, um, you had to negotiate. And if you fell, I think it was more than twice, they just let you pass on that obstacle and move on to the next one. So, I was first. Now, on the taping of the show, uh, on the airing of the show, I should say, they showed me as the third contestant, but they actually made me go first. So I didn't have the benefit of watching another competitor go around the course and kind of figure out how to negotiate the course. So I was really kind of flying blind. I had seen the stagehand do the course, but of course, he wasn't under the duress of a huge studio audience. Kevin Hart yelling at you over the PA and people shooting and throwing things at you. So I get on the first obstacle. I'm sort of halfway across. And the guy that's shooting the cannon with the balls is just nails me right in the face, nails me in the hand. And I eventually fall and I fell twice. So I moved to the next one. People were nailing me with the Frisbee things, the giant foam discs, but I make it across. I didn't get knocked off on that one. Um, and I did it by like, like getting down on my butt and scooting across the thing. The next one I got on the platform, I was almost to the end and I got knocked off by one of the foam blocks. Um, but then eventually I got on it the second time I made it, I made it to the end. I think I can't remember. Then the, the last one, I just couldn't pull it off, man. The log would start spinning and I just get fall into the water. I tried it a second time. So anyway, long story short, I did not win that show, but they gave money 
to like uh, to like the top four, and I I think I end up in third place. So I won like two thousand five hundred bucks or something, which was pretty cool. Again, I had to pay taxes on it, and that was a fun show. Next show and the most recent. This was a show called Masterminds. Now, ultimately, my favorite shows are trivia shows. I've tried to get on Jeopardy for years and years. They used to have you go to the studio up in uh, in Culver City to Sony Sony Studios and actually go on the Jeopardy set and you took a written test. It's a pretty tough test. It's 50 questions. You have like 10 seconds or 8 seconds to write an answer for each um uh well, I guess technically it's write a question for each answer if you're talking about Jeopardy. And they um, then take your test, and I they I, we were told once that if you got thirty five out of fifty correct, you would get called potentially, potentially not guaranteed to be uh, a contestant on the show. But I never managed to hit that benchmark. I felt a couple times like I was really close, and now they have an online test. You just take the test on the website think you're only allowed to take it once every six months um but i'm not giving up i'm still trying so anyway trivia shows are kind of my thing that i like to do so i tried out for a show on game show network called masterminds now masterminds is a trivia show hosted by uh is it brooke brooke burke not brooke burke can't remember anyway um and that show is three contestants against a panel of experts, one of whom was Ken Jennings, which, who is one of the all-time winners of Jeopardy and is now one of the hosts of Jeopardy, of course. And this was in February of 2020, literally right as the pandemic was beginning, but it hadn't overtaken the world. So <laughs> I went up, I got on that show. The whole process of auditioning was by Zoom. Um, Because that's kind of how they do it now. You don't have to drive up to Hollywood for most shows now. They just do it all over video chat, which is fantastic in my opinion because, man, it's a super big-time hassle. Um, And so I went up for the taping day, and I got on pretty early on the show, and I was actually doing really well on the show And they gave me a question. I absolutely am killing myself to this day that I got wrong. And it was, it is, what is the capital of Kansas? Now I know it's Topeka. I had just finished helping my son like the prior year with state capitals, but I was on the spot and I wasn't for some reason that synapse didn't connect in my brain. And I just was running out of time and I just wrote Kansas City. I knew it was wrong. I was, knew it was wrong, but I was like, "Jeez, that's it." So, what happened is I got it wrong, of course, and that set me back enough, just enough points, because I got the next one right. But that one set me back just enough that I didn't make it into the third round of the show. So I lost in round two. If I'd gotten that one right, I would have beaten the other contestant and made it into round three. The lady who eventually won in our group of three, she would have smoked me in the final round. She was she knew the answers to almost every question in the final round that a lot of them I didn't know. So credit 
where credit is due, she did, um, she would have, she would have smoked me. So anyway, uh, and now since that show, Masterminds, um, the most recent that I actually got, got on was a, a show, it's a reboot show called You Bet Your Life. Jay Leno is the host. And that was uh, spring of 2021. Again, Zoom interview. Long story short, they gave me a tape date and then they said, okay, you have to be fully vaccinated uh, to be on this show. And I wasn't at that time. So I was out. And they said, okay, well, we'll call you back when season two happens. I never heard from them again. <laughs> so that was a bummer. I could have been on that show, but at that time I wasn't vaccinated. So anyway, that is my story of game shows. I am still going for more shows. I won't get into details until, you know, it happens again. I'll let you know when it does. But it's super fun, man. If anybody's ever had any, you know, um, aspirations to be on a game show, it is a blast. Again, you go to the website of the network, find the show. They usually have a casting link somewhere. Or you can just Google casting for and type in whatever show you're interested in. Some shows are really hard to get on, Wheel of Fortune being one because they give away huge amounts of money. Um, Jeopardy, another one, as I pointed out, very difficult to get on. So the the network shows are a little tougher, um, you know, the main, main networks, but some of the smaller networks like Game Show Network, they're always looking for contestants. Um, tons of shows that they have on there, they're always looking for contestants. So if you feel like you have that personality, you don't freeze up on camera, you love to be high energy and you can come up with quick witty answers to questions quickly and maybe play the game whatever show <clears throat> go for it man because it's so much fun and you might win money trips prizes whatever the case may be so what's there to lose to be honest with you so that is my story of my game show uh career if you want to <laughs> call it that I'm not quitting. I'm still trying. And um, that's it. Not a bodyboard-related show this time around. But, folks, thanks for listening on the podcast, watching here on YouTube. Uh, throw in a comment or two if you want. Um, and, you know, one day I will get my original dating game tape digitized, and I'll put it up on YouTube. I'll let you know when that happens. I got to find the tape. It's buried in here somewhere if it hasn't disintegrated. So that's it for this week, folks. Thanks for uh, watching, listening to The Real Deal Show. We'll see you next time, and we'll see you in the surf.